Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sophie, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. We made it through the election, y'all. Very glad it went the way it did. We've still got a lot of work to do. If you're in California or in Los Angeles, I would invite you to be happy with me about the election of Nitya Raman to city council. Love her. But, you know, we'll be letting everyone know about the work we have yet to do. Um, I'm going to be spending some time phone banking and text banking for the Senate runoffs in Georgia. And um, as always, focus on mutual aid in your communities and um, let's celebrate as much as we can. Does everyone feel ready to receive some news that might make them smile in this very frown-centric time? We finally have a release date for season six of She's All Fat. Season six, that's like six seasons in a movie. We probably won't do a movie, but we made it to season six. We're coming in hot to this season with a small team and big fat ideas. We've got a lineup of some SAF classics like Fatty Film School. Um, it's been a while since I watched the movie Bad Santa. Have you seen it? And some new stuff like hashtag just fat things. Did you have kids say you're fat? P-H-A-T. Mm-hmm. We're bringing back our favorite guests like Julie. Hi, I'm so glad to be back. And introducing you to new friends of the pod like Jude. Hi, what's up? Hello, my name's Jude. I am a variety broadcaster on Twitch. We've got some new minisodes coming out on the Patreon and we have a new exciting merch collab with a shop called stylish sista so be on the lookout for that oh sorry you wanted that release date december 3rd baby christmas is coming early okay and another little early gift a podcast shout out for you we heard from some saf listeners over the summer who started their own pod called drink a book Here's what they said. The five of us are feminist millennial women who started a book club several years ago as an excuse to get together, drink wine, and talk about books. And now they do it for everyone to hear. I recommend the most recent episode, which is about the color purple. You can find the link in our show notes. And um, if you have other stuff you want us to shout out, let us know. We love highlighting the family. We did it, family. We reached the bottom of our time capsule. This is the final bit of SAF from pre-March 2020, your last bit of innocence before the pandemic started. (laughs) I recorded this interview with Jess Baker at the beginning of the year, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. We love Jess, who you might know as the Militant Baker. This episode is all about fat phobia's expectations for you, Arizona sweat, and mental health coaching. 
Okay, so here we go. I'm recording on my phone and Jess Baker is here recording on her phone and we're looking at each other via the computer because we live in the 21st century. I almost said 20th century. Just in case y'all hear some kids noises, that's my neighbors. I do not record in a studio. (laughs) They are right behind the wall. And we're really excited to have Jess on the show. Jess, welcome. Thank you. I'm like really fucking honored. I am. <laughs> I'm just thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> We've been wanting to have you on for so long. I'm sure most of our audience knows about you, but for those who don't, or for those who just want to hear you talk about yourself, <laughs> could you please give us a little intro to who you are? You'd think after like seven, eight years, I would be better at this. It's never easy. I'm myself for a living, but what that incorporates... I do. So I have a background in behavioral health. And about seven plus years ago, I found what was then the body positive fat liberation thing. And now it's a little bit different, right? But like I found body image and the alternate ways to think about it. And that just set me off in this fascinating trajectory where I, out of luck, sheer luck and privilege, I you know, as I was writing a little bit about my journey, I had a little bit of a following. And I think what people don't realize is like, I think it was 2013. So it was a while ago, there was the whole Abercrombie and Fitch debacle over the CEO who had some like fat phobic comments. And I did. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. So I did a I did a photo shoot that was looked a lot like theirs, black and white, sexy oh I remember your photo shoot yeah I didn't remember what they did but I remember your photo shoot for sure it was one of the first things I found because that was like my senior year of college and that was the year that I found body positivity only because I was so depressed I couldn't diet anymore and then I was like what if I uh, try this so I don't die? Uh, maybe and I remember seeing like an article about you and I was like oh that's cool I thought that was really cool. (laughs) It's so long ago that I don't think a ton of people know. And I look different, right? So I don't think a ton of people know, but that's kind of where it all started. And I just got so lucky and like right time, right place, plus white. And I was smaller then. So people, you know, it just went fucking viral in the best way, which meant people loved it. People hated it. That was exactly what needed to happen. And that kind of just kind of put me... In, a, in this position to, I knew that um, if I wanted to keep doing this, I need to actively pursue it. So I just continued. And so now I've written a couple books and, you know, to documentaries and podcasts and uh, TV shows. And I, I lecture. So big parts now, instead of writing, I lecture a lot, I'll, you know, across the world now. It's just so amazing. Isn't that That's the dream? Amazing. Uh, you know, can I just tell you this? It's not a brag. It's just like a blow my mind thing. Please brag. Please brag. The city of Paris. (laughs) (laughs) The government in the city of Paris put together this enormous anti-fat phobia campaign. Like literally to train teachers and all about bullying and like uh, the their medical world and providing resources for fat people and like that's so huge in France which is so fat phobic because their nationalist pride is centered around the thin French women right that's their brand pretty much it's their brand so and yeah so they they flew me out to be the keynote for that and I was just like is this real life oh my god I know dude that's so cool (laughs) and they had a plus size fashion show which is apparently you know like us here we're just like I've I've seen tons how lucky am I I've been in them and but there it was just this like very controversial, huge deal. So that was 
like a really cool thing to do. And yeah, I do one-on-one coaching. I still, I still write a little bit. It's been really interesting lately. I've really been connecting a lot of the behavioral health experience and fat trauma healing the meshing, the enmeshment that my life has ended up. But I I believe in fat liberation. I believe in mental health. I believe in healing. And that shows up in a million ways in my life. So that's kind of what I do. That's amazing. I love that description. You have something that I have talked about with many people, which is your email autoresponder, (laughs) which if you email Joe Baker, you get an email back that has like a million links that's like, hey, can any of these things solve the thing you're emailing me for? Like, if not, I'll get back to you. But like, please try to make one of these work. That is so smart. Like, that's so good. (laughs) Like, you're empowering people so you don't have to like respond to a million things. It's so smart. Everyone should have one of those. I would love to. I would love to have like an assistant that could and I could, but I can't. And so, you know, you don't want to leave people hanging. So I'm not trying to be a dick. But if you, if you need some resources, I got you. Here they are. No, it's, it's honestly <laughs> incredible. It's like such a good idea. Like I thought about doing one for when listeners write in for us because usually it's like there's like 20% of emails we get that actually need someone to individually respond. And then the other 80%, I'm just being like, here's this thing we already did. Here's this thing we already did. Here, actually, you want to talk to this person. Okay, send this here. Like it is very much like that. And so every time I think about it, I'm like, that's so smart. Like, you like, know, I didn't come up with the concept myself. And Diane Bondi, who I love, literally is like pretty much copied and pasted it and made it her email response too. So like, it's yours. Have it. <laughs> it's just very nice too. Like, it's just like really good boundary setting, which is something I admire and work on all the time. Like I'm always working on boundary setting. And I was like, oh my God, this is such a good example of how to be like, Hey, if we like, if you're going to take up my time, I want to feel good about it. So here's how to make that happen. Yeah. And you're in their time too. It's funny that we're just talking about email responders. I have a big thing now that I'm learning, which is like setting real, realistic expectations and how like kind that is for both parties. And so I just feel like that's one way to be like real fucking honest about my capacity and then making sure people get what they need. And that is the inbox will always be my nemesis, but I try. I try. Same. Dang. Okay. Now that we've got that out of the way. Also, I just want to remind everyone that not only can you email Jess to get that email responder, but we have like a lot of her resources on our resource page linked too. So if you want to go check her out, you can just click over there. Um, And we'll link that all in the show notes as well, obviously. Okay. So we met in person one time so far. Yeah. And it was like, you. first of all, you're just like a sweet bubble. You're so nice. <laughs> you are so joyful in a room and you did like the the most it was the most complimentary thing that's ever happened to me where you were like, "Wait, you're that Sophie?" First of all, I've never been that Sophie to anyone else. I'm like, it's always like, "Who are you?" Okay. And then you were like, "Oh my god, I love your podcast. I have to sit down." And I was like, "Holy shit. I've never felt this important in my life." You made me feel so good. Well, well, I mean, little did I expect to meet you, so that was huge. <laughs> Literally, I felt like a star. I was like, I'm so cool. <laughs> she loves me. Like, I felt incredible. Yeah, I had to so, take a minute. You. I had to take a minute to pause. <laughs> and that was at Julie Murphy's, like, 
one of the events for uh, Dumplin' when she got to be out here, which was so fun. Oh, that was a hell of an experience, wasn't it? It was wild, right? It was so cool. Yeah, I'm excited for all the stuff she has coming out, too. Me, too. I just love her. She's the best. She's so nice. Uh, I was talking with um, Yelly, who is one of our new team members, earlier today on one of our Patreon minisodes about how having fat friends like over the internet has been really important for me yeah especially living in LA like I tend to end up if I'm doing coverage for an event or something it's like a very white thin space like I tend to be in those spaces a lot and so not everyone in LA is thin like that's only true in like certain privileged areas but those are a lot of the areas I'm in a lot of the time. And so when I'm not like in Phoenix or in Portland or like in Texas or wherever other places where you're like, oh, yeah, people are fat. Like, it's OK. Yeah. <laughs> that Like knowing people online who are fat has been like really important for me. Absolutely. And I always think about the amount of privilege to even be in a large city where you can find community because I think, you know, as, as much as I have issues with the online I don't even know what to call it. The clusterfuck of social media. Yes. That it also, you know, provides community in places where that's just not accessible. That is so important. And there's not a huge community here in Tucson at all. I mean, I'm in Tucson, Arizona. So like the fat liberation thing. No, like we, we of course have a lot of racism, right? Because we're close to the border and we're on native land obviously but that's a a really big piece here and so we deal with a lot of those kind of social justice issues not so much body size so it's really nice to be able to connect with people like you and just all of the people I've been very fortunate to be able to meet because that gets me through right it gets you through the lulls where you don't have that in real life okay I have a question that I feel like you might relate to this because I think you're the only other like fat, fat, fat activist who I know who is or has lived in Arizona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tigress Osborne. I will give you that I one. I don't know her. I'll have to link to her. Yeah. Love her. Look her up. Tigress link me. Osborne. Link me. Yes. We'll put her in the show notes. But one of the things when I was in high school and then also after I came back after college when I was fatter, that was really hard for me self-image wise before I was really body positive and when I was getting to be body positive was dealing with the heat. And that's not something that I see talked about too much. But like, listen, I know thin people also sweat, but sweating in the heat as a fat person is like so stressful. Yes. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> and it's it's not to be like all fat bodies sweat the same because they don't. Yeah. But when you do, I'm a sweater. Like I yeah. fucking sweat. It's just that extra element of like visible shame. Like there's a reason I wore black shirts. It wasn't to look thinner. It was to right. hide sweat because you just don't want to be the sweaty fat person everywhere. But it's 110 degrees. Especially in Phoenix because other places where it's really hot that I know fat people like in Texas or in the south or whatever is also very humid. So like everyone is sweating there. But there were definitely times in Phoenix because it's a dry heat where it was like I'm the only person in the room really sweaty. Yeah. Everyone else is hot, but they're not necessarily sweaty. Which is maybe why I really love monsoons. Not because just that it's like 
we have like a for those for people who don't live in southern Arizona there's like a month July where it just pours and it's amazing it smells incredible it's just so such a relief the creosote it's so good oh yes I love it it smells so good but then you know when there's rain you don't know if you're wet from the rain or it's because it's still 90 degrees outside and and humid (laughs) oh my god yeah especially like when it gets up to 120 and you're just miserable, like it's hard to feel good about your body when you're physically just so miserable. And something is different about, at least to me, something's different about feeling too hot versus feeling too cold. Because when I'm too hot, I want to strip everything off. I want to tear my skin off. Like I just want to get everything off. Thank you. I feel so seen. Yes. Right? And when you're cold, you're like, good, I'm a little bear. I have my fat to protect me or whatever. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> and and I will be totally honest, like I, I've written about this, but the heat affects me the way like dark affects other people. Mm. And so my mental health is just it just spirals down the drain in the summer. It's just really it's a really rough time. And um we're not leaving anytime soon. And so <laughs> really needing to figure out how to take care of that. But yes, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure like people in other places relate to, but there's just something specific about Phoenix and Arizona. I haven't spent too much time in Tucson, but I've been there a little bit. And like Phoenix also is a weird combination of LA plus like conservative Midwest, like the things that people wear in Phoenix and like Scottsdale, Phoenix and Scottsdale especially are like so like real housewives sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, that's not true of all Phoenix. That's just true of like where I lived in Phoenix, but like specifically Scottsdale and those wealthier areas. Yeah, absolutely. And like Paradise Valley, which is where a lot of the parents of the kids I went to school lived. Mm -hmm. It's just very like not even appearance focused as much as like perception focused doing national charity league and like all that shit yep like that kind of stuff tucson definitely has that element but we (laughs) we don't like phoenix there's a reason we don't live in phoenix we don't like phoenix um (laughs) we're like really proud of how artistic we are down here you know that kind of thing but of course that's here too but yeah you're right there's big presence in phoenix there and you know as as tech folks move out of california yes i've been wondering how that's been affecting arizona really well we're now bitching the middle class is now bitching like they have been all over about being displaced even though of course lower income folks have been displaced already yes but that's absolutely happening here but there's a huge movement of that money to phoenix specifically and tucson interesting but yeah that's definitely happening yeah People are always like, is it hard to live in L.A. with like, you know, being fat? And I was like, not really. Like there's the thing I said before about how I see a lot of thin bodies. But in L.A. it's like everyone is doing their own thing, really. Like people are a lot less nosy than they are in Scottsdale and Paradise Valley for sure. Hmm. Like the worst I'm perceived as is looking weird, quote unquote. Hmm. You know what I mean? Interesting. That's how I feel. I feel very like... There's it, there's me walking down the street and then there's the guy in a thong rollerblading backwards down the street. Fair. So like, you know? Yeah, it sounds kind of like New York where people are just like, yeah, whatever, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah, bunch of weirdos. That's that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels like. I feel less under scrutiny here, um, especially because I don't it's not like I spend a ton of time in Beverly Hills or like 
in kind of those spaces where I would feel more scrutinized. Like I'm not going to clubs, you know, not not really a club girl. Yeah, yeah, that would be different. (laughs) Okay, can you give us a physical description of what you look like? I want our listeners to know. Oh my god, I've never been asked that before. Do you normally do that? I haven't done it that many times, but I, I, every time I have, I've been like, it's so interesting to hear how people describe themselves. Okay. Uh, I'm white. I think I'm maybe a mid fat at this point. I would honestly describe my body type as Winnie the Pooh. Love it. I am a million percent Winnie the Pooh built. I have very like, um, people, <laughs> two things. People are always shocked at how fat I am when they meet me in real life, which I find very funny because I guess I just photograph differently. But um, the thing that I, so I have like, you know, like I'm short, like five, four, and I have like kind of like these weirdly athletic legs and arms kind of thing. Then I have this giant Winnie the Pooh belly. (laughs) (laughs) And I definitely Disney bound it as Winnie the Pooh once and it was very fun. Oh my God. Incredible. Yeah. And I'm also covered in tattoos, blonde hair, usually don't wear makeup when I do. It's a heavy cat eye and red lips. Love some black and white stripes. Yeah. Short, short blonde hair. That's me. What's your favorite tattoo that you have? Mm. Okay. The ones above my knees, they're kind of arced. There's one above each knee and the first one says my life and the second one says my rules. That's my favorite. Ooh, I like that. What do you hope people perceive about you when they see you? Like what vibe do you want to get off? Hmm. You're very good at this. It's like, it's like you've been doing it for a few seasons. <laughs> it's fun to ask fad activists this because they tend to be people who have really thought about their appearance and thought about how their body works politically and intersectionally and all this stuff, you know? But, like, this question sometimes gets people. Yeah, yeah. I am so grateful that when people meet me in, in real life, they describe me kind of like how you did. I have, a, have energy. I think yes. I, like to come off as very kind because I am you know I'm an asshole too but I try not to be and um what I'm working on I think right now is like through my personal mental healing and bodily healing because they're connected not coming off as manic so somebody who has had has mental illness and trauma and stress and all of that I always I think this is tied to fatness too I always worry about being too much right Mm mm-hmm I have a group chat with my friends called Too Much Girls. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a huge theme. And I have nothing against being too... I'm a Leo, so I'm always going to be a lot, right? (laughs) Uh, But I want to have... And I've been working on it. It's been working. Like friends I've seen seen for the first time in like six months are like, what the fuck? Working on having just this grounded energy a little bit more than just like kind of out of control, which might sound weird, but when you've been through mania and like trying to like squeeze yourself down and just very conscious of that it it feels really I mean it feels good on the inside and I'm glad that I think it allows more space for people to just be who they are around me and I love that so I hope that that shows up more often now my friends who are also like women who like mostly I know cis women who have mania at various times and a lot for them a lot of the times they I experience them as a lot more worried about coming off as manic than I see them coming off as manic absolutely it's an internal narrative and you know in my 20s I was recovering from Mormonism as well which just sends you into oh yeah I forgot about that tailspin so I was wild (sighs) wild for a few years 
But I would say mostly it was the mental health part of like not wanting to seem out of control, not wanting to be the unreliable mess that I really was. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that. there's a little, I think if, if I were to dig a little deeper, there's definitely some, some stigma, like mental health stigma that I still have there personally, right? It, I don't ever judge other people, but for me, I'm just like, oh, I want to, and it, it's beyond feel, looking like I have my shit together because people, you can perform put togetherness all day long. Um, but I know, I know, <laughs> I know if I'm feeling like a hot mess. And of course there are some, you know, there's are harder days than others, but yeah, I've just really been working on, on feeling grounded and, and knowing that when I show up that way in public spaces or with friends, that just creates a safer atmosphere for everyone. And I love that. I just love that. I like for people to feel like they can just be who they are. So that makes me happy. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Yeah. I feel like most fat people at least could relate to like feeling like one of the things that still is hard for me is feeling like people who are maybe not even fat phobic but just like haven't really encountered discovered or confronted like their internalized fat phobia stuff have different expectations of me than I do for myself like a lot of times I'll be perceived at, in a way that doesn't match up to how I perceive myself and then when oh, that yeah. happens you become a lot more like worried about how you're coming across because you're like is that because of me like am I putting something weird out or like why do people think I can't perform well yes you know and then you're just a bundle of stress and it's just like you were describing how the heat makes you want to rip your skin off like I feel that way when I'm spitting in that circle so I totally get that (laughs) yeah I'm like writing a YA novel right now that I know I really want to work on and I am working on my routines right now so that I can spend more time working on them yes the stuff that I've written so far is like it starts in Arizona like in the summer and like the wind in the summer and like the hotness and like I have this memory when we first moved to Arizona and I didn't know anyone yet because it was the summer before school started I so I didn't know anybody and we went to the Mustang library and I got this leather bound huge edition of Sherlock Holmes stories and I just checked it out repeatedly and would sit in my closet with the door shut because that was like the coldest darkest place in the house on the floor and just like read these stories oh and I'm like trying to figure out how to put that like that kind of scene and that kind of feeling in there it's it's very seventh grade feeling for me that is fascinating I love that I'm very excited for you I'm very excited for the world now too that's gonna be amazing I try to talk about it so I commit myself to doing more of it. <laughs> it's hard. It's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. I love writing and I especially love fiction writing, but the hard part for me is like getting together my ADHD routines so that I have time to write because I'm very deadline motivated and, and especially I'm not disappointing other people motivated. So if I have a deadline for myself, I'm a lot less likely to hit that than if Maria is like, Sophie, you're going to mess up my day tomorrow if you don't like upload this audio. But I'm like, okay, totally. I could do it. (laughs) Same, same. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big commitment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the more that I talk about it, the more I get encouraged because more people know about it. And then it's not just myself. And you're, um, you're really speaking the full thing into existence, which for me anyways, helps it feel more real. Like even though it's in yes. progress, right? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, I have another question for okay. you. What was the time you felt happiest about being fat recently? Hmm. I just did a podcast last week with someone who was not fat. And it was kind of like a one-on-one conversation. And I was taking the time to explain. You know, I'm, I'm making some assumptions here. This is just what I've seen. So I don't know if it's obviously you can't generalize for everyone. This is what I've seen, what I've gone through, what I continue to see. is There's uh, different areas of um, the journey to accept and yes. understand fatness and your fat body and the world and, and political structures and all of that. Yes. And I moved through the anger rage part where it was really personal, where I was like, holy fuck, I've been like fucked over my whole life. You know, like what? Why aren't people talking about this? That was my first book. <laughs> and then <laughs> there's the part where you like really try and love your body and you become a little bit softer. And like, it's really interesting. I've watched this like roller coaster for people. And now I'm in this interesting spot and I have no idea what's next. But right now I'm in this spot where I don't think about my size very much, which sounds counter to what your question was. But because I'm so focused on reconnecting in itty bitty ways with my body as a flesh sack with a nervous system uh-huh. <laughs> and like completely separate from my size, right? We all have a nervous system. I don't know. Like, I don't think about it. I think the reason I've been able to do this is because I am fat and so I've had to do so much work around body size and letting go of those external things. I, it almost feels like I didn't have a choice, right? Because it was such a big part of my life and is still. But it's because of that work that I've really been able to kind of distance myself now and work on other pieces. I was just so grateful yeah. to realize that I'm in that space right now and it's because of being fat, right? Like it almost yes. was a gift. <laughs> Which I never you know, a few years ago, thought I would say so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. I had an experience recently where like, I have a lot of chronic illness stuff. And so when, a, when a lot of that is flaring, when there's ver various things happening, especially things that make me have a uh, lower mobility or make me have to cancel things or like that kind of thing, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to not be down on my body, not in a like, shaming way really just in a way that's like this is a bummer like I would rather 
be going to these things and like having to kind of mourn the those time like feel feel the sadness about those times because it's sometimes it sucks but one of those times was happening recently when I was like having a flare and I had to like cancel this thing I was wanted to go to and I was like grumping about it and my boyfriend is really good at like he's very good at helping me be like calmer and he's just very like it's just the way it is like it's okay like there'll be other times you can go to whatever and I'm like yeah but I want to grump about it right now and then that day I had done I did this photo shoot for the new season with just me because all of our pictures are obviously me and April because that's how we did all of our photo shoots before and also those were way more fun I never wanted to do them by myself because I'm so awkward and so I did them with this lovely lady who we will link again in the show notes here made me feel very comfortable and I really liked the photos and I posted one of them and I posted it and like this girl copied my outfit and then posted herself in the exact same outfit and I was like oh my god (laughs) I was like oh my god she's like really looking at me and then I was like oh my god I'm important because I'm fat to her in this way how fun right how fun yeah I was like oh my god if I was if if I were thin the way that I had wanted to be for so many years I wouldn't have this platform and I wouldn't have this outlet and I wouldn't be showing other people whatever it is I'm showing other people yeah and like that was just really cool to be like man even when I'm having a hard time with my own body like not again not in a fat shaming way at all I was just like bummed because my body felt bad and I wanted to go do this other thing even when that's true I'm still like grateful that my body is the way that it is right now that was cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I think also another piece that's just continuous is I think that if I was like one of the 5% of women, quote unquote, naturally born with like the traditional ideal body that we see, I don't think I would end up in the social justice world with the awareness that I have and I would be perpetuating more harm, which... I fuck up so much and I know that I cause harm all the time, but there is this forced awareness and not to say every fat person uh, goes through that, but it's, you know, I grew up in a social work home, so it probably would happen to some point, but I really think that being forced to look at the intersections between anti-blackness and fat phobia, right? And disability justice and all of these different facets would not have had the, I think they've just entered my world in a very powerful way uh, because of that activism, because I entered that, because I needed freedom from the oppressive ideas within our system. So I just, that is also something that, like I realized that fat phobia is killing people and has harmed me as well, physically and mentally. And this world that I, I'm working in right now. I'm so glad that I end up, I, I'm just glad I ended up here. I really am. I feel the same way. Okay. Um, what's, do you have anything that's coming up that people should know about or like that you want to promo? Um, well, because I have a microphone essentially, I'll just say that I always, you know, a lot of folks always ask like if I'll be somewhere near them and I always on the militantbaker.com, which is my blog there's a speaking section and they always update it with like upcoming things i just mentioned that because social media doesn't always tell you you know perfect other than that oh i will be reopening some spots for one-on-one coaching what kind of coaching do you do so it's really interesting because 
I call it mental health and body image coaching, but it's really integrative life coaching. But I already hate the word coaching so much (laughs) that I didn't want to use integrative life because that just sounds like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I think we've all had, a lot of people have had um, really hard experiences with, with coaches online and that's fair, but it's been really interesting to blend almost 10 years. And I mean, I still do it. Like I, I am currently still working with an agency as an independent contractor in behavioral health, but blending, you know, a decade of behavioral health experience with body image. And of course, if we're going to talk about the brain and the body, it's going to like cover right most of your life. Yes. So, and I, I went to an institute and did some training there on the coaching discipline, which is a little bit different. Like we think a lot of therapy, it's not therapy. Just to give people an idea, like therapy, I I really had to learn this. Therapy is a a lot based on the past and working through old past issues with an expert, right? Coaching is working on the present and towards the future with future goals. And so, of course, you're going to we're going to talk about, you know, things that have happened and, and maybe making some connections. But it's driven by the person, the client, completely driven by the client and then working towards future goals and like, it's really fucking cool. I, I don't think I really appreciated it until I went to this institute and I was just like, you know, I was like the asshole. I'm like the Hermione, right, <laughs> of every classroom. And it's so annoying and I try so hard. But I was just like, Ugh, tell me something I don't know. You know, and by the third day, I was just like, what? This is so brilliant. Like, oh, it's so cool. So I'm really glad I got to do that. And I, and I just love it. I've been doing it for a year and a half. The people I work with are just... So phenomenal, and I'm so grateful every fucking day I get to do it. So anyways, I only open up at certain sections, so I'll be doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's just a, it's a thing that I love to do. Yay. And I do free 20-minute, like, consultation calls, um, which is really nice. So if people are like, oof, I don't even know if I would like this. Like what you can this always is. Try it. Yeah, like, what the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> there's that too, but no, no Patreon or anything like that. I have like a million more things I want to talk to you about, but we are out of time. So <laughs> ne- <laughs> how did that happen? That, I know. Isn't that wild? We just had a nice time talking to each other. Yes. That's the time capsule episode. Producing SAF in past, present, and future is made possible by our beloved patrons. If you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moon, you'll get access to our bonus mini-sodes every Friday. I love our Patreon family. Special thanks to Anna Wagner, Anastasia R. Baran, Shara Tan, shout out to Shara, Aviva Richardson, Jen, Megan Tardif, Jordan Bailey, Heather Murphy, Christy Bringhurst, Katie Langlois, Danny Thompson, Marcy Barnes, Noelle Dorward, Reagan Morin, and Jen Scrimmon. We could not make this show without you. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Kahn, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she'sallfatpod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. 
please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Bertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.